Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. It is the holiday season, so back from school is Diana. Hi. So, holiday times, movies, food, music, all that fun stuff. But we're going to talk about movies. So, Diana, I understand that you have a movie that is, it's not your favorite Christmas movie, but it's one of your favorite Christmas movies. So, what movies do you want to talk about today? Love Actually. <clears throat> Love Actually. Now, let's just, let's just get the debate <clears throat> out of the way. Because I'm sure there's some people that are going to say, that's not a Christmas yes, movie. Yes, it, it takes place during Christmas, and it's about it's about everybody coming together and finding love for Christmas. It's not like Die Hard, where it just so happens to take place on Christmas, or Gremlins, where it just so happens to take place on Christmas. It is about Christmas. Yeah, and I think that's the big difference is, you know, some people say, oh, it just takes place during Christmas. Uh, I think love actually has that Christmas message, uh, love is is the big thing i mean this is a film you could watch any time of the year honestly but it's most effective during christmas because it's enhanced because you get that extra spirit because you're already feeling the spirit so when you see it in the movies you're kind of it all clicks together absolutely yeah no doubt about that um why did you decide because you were looking for a movie to see i don't know what you were googling and you were like yeah let's try this love actually thing like how did you stumble upon this film i saw because on netflix on the poster was al was no alan on the poster on on what i saw for the poster there was rowan atkinson and i was like rowan atkinson and then under starts said colin firth and alan rickman so i'm like oh man now i have to see this now, so for those who don't know, because Rowan Atkinson, that's, that's Mr. Bean or Johnny English, depending on who you ask. Um, yeah, this is an ensemble film. Uh, and I mean, from top to bottom, you have a lot of great stars. You have Hugh Grant, Emma Thompson, uh, like you mentioned, Alan Rickman, Rowan Atkinson, Colin Firth. Uh, Liam Neeson is in this film. Yeah. A uh, a beardless uh, oh Andrew Lincoln, God, yeah. no zombies chasing him. He he's in this film. Kira Knightley is in this film. Bill Nye is in the film. Bill Nye, not Bill Nye the science guy. Bill Nye the British guy. Uh, he's in this film. Uh, I know there's a, Freddie Highmore. A very young Freddie Highmore is in this film. Which one's Freddie Highmore? He was a little boy. In oh, that. Ferb. Okay, Ferb. Yeah, a Ferb fame. Uh, uh, Bilbo. Martin, Martin Freeman. Freeman. Yeah, Martin Freeman. Uh, he was probably doing the British office at this time. Uh, I think... I think that's everybody. I think we just we got just about everybody. Oh, uh, there's a special appearance by the President of the United States himself, Billy Bob Thornton. That was Billy Bob Thornton? That was Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, man. Because he was cleaned up. That's probably why okay. you didn't recognize him. <laughs> You're like, who's that? Cleaned up, distinguished-looking American gentleman. Ah, uh, speaking of Americans, Laura Linney. Laura Linney is in this film as well. Uh, so there you go. Really big, huge ensemble. Uh, the the basic idea of this film is it starts five weeks before Christmas. We see that it, it starts five weeks before Christmas. And everybody. Everybody. Everybody that we just mentioned. Is looking for love. They need love. They're hopelessly in love. Just, yeah. Love is all around. Uh, and they're pretty much all connected, except I think for Bill Nye. Yeah, Bill Nye's the only one that's alone. Yeah. Bill Nye, well, Bill Nye starts off the film. Uh, yeah. Bill, Bill Nye plays an aged rocker uh, way past his prime by the name of Billy Mack, who, and, you know, this was pretty interesting. Uh, over in England, 
when the holiday season kicks in, a lot of groups will put out Christmas songs. They'll either make original songs, they'll do remakes, and uh, it's kind of an honor uh, on Christmas Eve to be the number one song in Britain, like the yeah. Christmas number one. Yeah, because that's that's just weird. Because here in America, we just play the same we just play the same Christmas songs. There's never really like a new Christmas song. Like the newest is "All I Want for Christmas Is You," and that's from like the '90s. Uh, no, I mean, there is a uh, Rob Thomas of Matchbox Twenty actually has a song called "New York Christmas" that he wrote a few years ago. But yeah, I mean, that's really about but it. But it's like it's not like every year we get like a new like banging Christmas song. Exactly. Yeah, you know, if anything, it's just uh, a remake of a of a classic Christmas song. But excuse me, that's what Bill Nye, the British guy, that's pretty much what he's doing. He's remaking his song. Uh, Love is all around me. Love is all around me. Into Christmas is all around me. And if you're saying Christmas has more syllables than love, it is very apparent when he sings that Christmas has more syllables than love. Yeah, I think we actually have an audio clip of it. Uh, no, I was, uh, I'm just kidding. I was actually going to try to sing like Bill Nye. Uh, I actually I got I got to admit though ever since watching it because I've seen it in the past but when I watched it with you and your and your mom the other day it's the song is stuck in my head. I know now. it is stuck in my head. <laughs> like like we, uh, at work we we put the uh, Christmas station on we have Pandora and I'm kind of like why aren't they playing Christmas is all around me <laughs> like it is, it's a really good Christmas song and if you, and the Love Actually soundtrack commits like an atrocity by having somebody. Like a real singer, do a cover on it of it and sing it seriously. It's not Bill Nye, and it's not him doing it in that hokey, like over the top way he does it. I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. Feel it in my toes. Christmas is all around me. All around me. And the feeling grows. And the feeling grows. Yeah, okay. That's, that that, that kind of gives you an idea right there. So, uh, like like Diana was saying, it's all these characters that we just mentioned, they're pretty much, they're all looking for love. So, let's just kind of go through and introduce them. Uh, Hugh Grant, who I forgot to say was in this film. Yeah, you did. You I said, did he, he was the first name you said. Oh, it was the first name I said. Well, I should say his name first because he's the new Prime Minister of Britain. Yay! That was really, like, I was really like, whoa, they're doing the Prime Minister? They're aiming big. <laughs> Uh, and, it, you know, apparently he is not married, never been married, a bachelor, if you will. Uh, and, like, they kind of hint that, like, you know, like, he hasn't had a girlfriend in a while. Yeah, he's a politician. You know, he's trying to he's trying to help the country there. He doesn't want to get distracted. Um, and he's being introduced to his house staff, and there is a – his – I guess she's like his personal assistant, I guess. No, because the other lady is his personal assistant. The so, one that said she's fat. But then, I, no, she's she, she, she's more like a, not, not like a maid, but then like, it, I, I guess she's like the second rate personal assistant. Because she is a personal assistant, but like in the house, she, I, she's not the caretaker of the house, but she's like, she's one of his staff and like helps him out. But like not like a political staff, more like a domestic staff. Yeah, she'll like you know bring him his afternoon tea and uh, you know like she, get him the papers. 
and she'll get him the chocolate biscuits. Yeah. The biscuits. Uh, and her name is Natalie. And, uh, you know, if if you watch the actual theatrical version, not the TBS version, which we did watch, and apparently they made a PG-13 version. That was weird, because I saw the rated R version, and then and then if you're thinking, like, and if you know Love Actually, you're like, and you saw the rated R version, you're like, that's a big plot line that's very rated R. So how do they change that to PG-13? And we don't know, because we didn't watch the rest of it. Yeah, I think we were going out. But, uh, you know, he, he's clearly very interested in Natalie. She's his type, and she's very smitten with him as well. They kept calling her fat. I didn't think she was fat. Yeah, but it's she's she she's like she's like movie star fat. Where if you're a movie star and you're like five pounds over like what everybody else is, you're fat. So like, in other words, she looked like like your average uh, average woman, basically. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, so we see that brewing. Um, we go to the wedding of uh, Mordo. Mordo. Yeah, Mordo. Yeah, Mordo's getting married. Mordo of Doctor Strange fame, because I don't know the actor's name. And his best friend... Is Rick Grimes. Is Rick Grimes. A beardless Rick Grimes. He's, that was weird to see. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like, it's like he's naked. I was like, I can't... I don't even watch the show, but I know his face. I'm like, no, 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 no. This doesn't work. Yeah, he's not grizzled. He's actually smiling and... Uh, so his friend, uh, his friend Mordo, who I don't remember the guy's name, he's he's marrying Kira Knightley, and uh, yeah, it's a beautiful wedding, and we see some of the other uh, stars there. Uh, that, Liam, no, no, not Liam. Uh, Colin Firth. Colin is there. Firth is there. Bilbo is friends with them. No, Bilbo's friends with uh, the guy who goes to America. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's see, there's a lot. There's a lot that goes on here. Uh, you know, so, hey, we got a wedding, that's great, but it turns out that Andrew Lincoln, uh, his character is... is in love with Kira Knightley. Very much in love, but he just never had the nerve, he never had the confidence to say anything to her, so he, he pretty much tries to ignore her, so, like, even his friend is like, be nice to her, I know you don't like her. And um, even when she comes over later in the movie, she's just like, she's just like... I know we've never really got to talk, and you probably don't like me, but I really want us to be good friends. Yeah, she kind of says that at the reception and things like that. So, we'll, we'll I mean, we're going to kind of intertwine with these stories because they all start off. So, at this wedding, we see Colin Firth. Uh, his wife can't come because... She's sick. She's sick in bed. So, he decides between the... The, the ceremony and the reception, he's going to go home. And he finds his brother there, and he's just like, oh, my wife let you in to get some CDs, right? And he's just like, yeah, sure, CDs. And his wife, not hearing any of this, is just like, oh, Colin Firth's brother, come back into bed and let's, like, me." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do That's what she said. But, yeah, so Colin Firth. Pretty much, you know, start of this film. Poor Colin Firth. He loses his wife five weeks before Christmas. Ugh. And he's going to the south of France alone now. He's a writer, so he is going to go to the south of France. But more on him later. Uh, you know, we see some other characters here. Um... We're introduced, and I don't know this actor's name. I don't recognize him at all. But the guy who goes to America, the guy who goes, to, and I remember his character's name because it's so distinguished or so memorable. His name is Colin Frissel. He's fed up because British girls to him are stuck up. So he 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 concocts a plan. He's going to go to America, uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, actually, because he figures. Well, I got a British accent, so American girls are going to find me adorable. So we'll, we'll, we'll hear what happens to him later. Um, Liam Neeson, unfortunately, Liam Neeson's... His wife died. 
his wife passed away, and, and apparently this was her second marriage because she has a kid. She has Ferb. a kid. Yep, Ferb. His name is actually Sam, but uh, he's <laughs> called by him Ferb. We'll call him Ferb because he's played by Freddie Hydemore, who is famously Ferb. Uh, so he's dealing with that. He's dealing with the law, and you could tell that he really, he really, he really loved, loved her. Yeah. He really loved her, and you could tell he really loves Sam too. He does because like. When um, Emma Thompson, right? Emma Thompson, who is his friend, yes. When Emma Thompson, like, um, when when him and Emma Thompson are talking, he's really just like, he's like, what am I going to do? It's like, he's like, I'm the stepfather, and I really want him to, you know, like, like to, to like, not, not like get over it, but like, you know, like, I really want to be there for him, and I don't know what to do, because he feels like he's just the stepfather, he can't really relate to him so that but then they they find a way to relate don't worry they do find a, a way to relate and of course it has something to do with love now emma thompson she uh <clears throat> excuse me she is the i think i don't know if she's the older or younger sister but she's hugh grant's sister so she's the sister to the prime minister of and she's no security around her yeah which is kind of weird you would think but i guess they, they just kind of overlook that but l listen to this emma thompson so she is the sister of the prime minister and she's married to the greatest actor ever alan, alan rickman. rickman alan rickman is in this film he plays like he owns a business that that's does. that's it it's just a business it's you a don't business know what they do. it's a business it's a business and uh he has a secretary who is uh very saucy and just very she wants to uh canoodle with the boss let's just say she flirts very heavily with him and alan Re like what, what do you think his reaction was here i couldn't tell like at how first he was just like at first he was just like can you just stop but then later on, he gets more and more like into it, and I'm just like, no, Alan Rickman, no. And he does it, and he does it so Alan Rickman like. He's like, no. He's just like, no. No. Can you wrap it faster, please? Oh, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> the the wrapping it faster bit. Uh, Fred. Uh, not sure. Uh, I'm sorry, Martin Freeman. Yeah. So Martin Freeman is in this film. He and this other young lady, and I, I don't know the actress's name, but she was very adorable. They're stand-ins. Uh, but they're not stand-ins on, like, a big motion picture set. I believe they're stand-ins... For porn. For porn, yeah, because the first scene we see them... Like, in that they're, one, they're, they're fully clothed, yeah. and then, like, Martin Freeman's just, like, going at it from behind, and I'm just like... And I'm just like, I guess this is the scene of the movie. I'm like, I don't know what kind of, like, movie would show this, but I guess, like, maybe it's, like, an art house picture or something. But then after that, like, but then, like, later on, like, the other stuff they have him do, I was like, oh, no, this is a porn. Yeah, because very each, each time we cut back to their scenes, they're just, more and more pieces of clothing are coming off. But the whole time, they're just, they're just chatting to one another. Yeah, it's, like, casual. It's, like, she'll be, like, Traffic, yeah. traffic. That was yeah, they'll be one. like, oh, yes, there's traffic on the whatever. And then he's just like, oh, yeah, really? And then, like, they'll just be... But then, like, it's not just, like, small talk. They get closer and closer as, like, the scenes go by. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Who else? Uh, we had Colin... Oh, Laura Linney. So Laura Linney is an American. She works for Alan Rickman at his mystery... Business. His business. Um... And she is very much in love with Carl. Carl, who is a very dashing young man uh, at the business there. Uh, she keeps getting mysterious phone calls. Now, we'll explain what that is. But what, did, what, what were your thoughts when she kept getting these phone calls, like, every five minutes? I thought, like, at first I thought it was, like, like a husband 
like 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 a drunk husband that she wanted to leave. But then after that, I was like, no, 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 no. But then, and then I thought, like, maybe it's, like, she's a single mother and she has a kid who's, like, always calling her. But, like, the kid's really young, so, of course, she can't be like, don't call me. So then, like, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, It's it seems to be pretty mysterious. So these these stories start to develop, and I think we hit them all. If not, they'll pop up as we keep talking. So, um... Which, you know, which out of these uh, stories, uh, do you just say by actor or whoever, like, wh- which ones did you really like the most? Um, I think the most, well, I know, I'll tell you the one I like the most and the one I like the least. Okay, go ahead. The one I like the most, I think, was Ferb's. Ferb and Liam Neeson, theirs I like the most. Oh, okay. All right, we'll and talk about that one. the least, I liked Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson, because I feel like it didn't have, like, the same happy ending that everybody else did. Yeah, it was a pretty. Uh, it, was it, was, a, it was a pretty real. It, like it was. It was a little too real. <laughs> yeah, it really was. And I mean, it's it's not anything on their part. I mean, the acting. I mean, I think top to bottom, the acting. Oh, they're this. all really good. Yeah. But um, so let's let's uh, let's see. Who should we? Who do you want to start with? Whose story do you want to kind of go through first? Well, we started with Hugh Grant, so we can start with Hugh Grant. So Hugh Grant, like we said, Prime Minister of Great Britain, uh, he's very smitten with this Natalie. Uh, whenever she's around, she's a he little gets all fl- yeah. She she she's a little like a uh, little inappropriate, but in a, in a good no, like, way. Like she, she has like no filter, kind of. It's like it's like she's always she's cursing in front of him, cursing in front of the cabinet. Yeah, and then there's a there's like a scene where uh, he he's basically he's trying to get to know her. Yeah. He's like, you know, we, we're working so closely, so tell me. And she tells she tells uh, him where she lives. It's in the bad part of London. The do- it's it's on the dodgy side. Um, and he's just like, oh, with your husband, boyfriend. You know, he's probing here. Yeah. And she, she says that she basically, she had uh, a boyfriend, uh, but he said he doesn't date fat girls. Yeah. Which, which again. She doesn't look fat. <laughs> I keep saying, like, why do they think this girl is fat? But anyway, I mean, he has a great line. He's like, you know, he's like, you know, as prime minister, I can have him killed. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so the president comes to town. Uh, president- oh, no, but before that, <laughs> oh, they, say, they, they, they say, like, we're not going to make the same mistake as the last administration. We're like, we're going to stand up to, like, this big bully president, which is more real today than it was back then. And then um, – and then, uh, and then, like, some people in the cabinet are like, no, no, that'll, like, upset things. And they're like, no, we need to do this because this is what's right for the country. And then Hugh Grant's kind of caught in the middle. He sees it both ways. He doesn't know what to do. And then, like, at first when the meeting starts with President Billy Bob Thornton, you think, like, oh, he's just going to lie down. He's going to take it. But then when, um, when they're, like, after the big summit meeting – they're in his study or whatever, and then, like, he steps out for a minute, and Natalie walks in to serve the tea, and then Billy Bob Thornton is doing his, like, Billy Bob Thornton, like, getting up all on her, and then he sees this with Natalie, and he's like, no, and then he goes, calls, like, an emergency press conference, and he says, like, no, we will not take this bullying from America, we're gonna, he said, like, if America doesn't start listening to our interest, we're gonna leave this treaty or agreement or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and he basically becomes a national hero. They play the Pointer Sisters, and he dances all throughout 10 Downing Street. Yeah. Uh, but he feels very uncomfortable because the president hit on Natalie. He, you know, and again, he walked in on it. So 
I mean, I thought it was pretty clear that Billy Bob Thornton was a lech, you know, because yeah. he's married, but his wife didn't come. And, you know, he's I mean, he was a bully from the get go, like yeah. the things he was saying. But I think Hugh Grant felt very uncomfortable and he just asked that she be reassigned to which his assistant said oh the chubby girl yeah i know it's like she's not fat <laughs> which even you grant is that he's like uh are we calling her that and she's like oh yeah she's got quite an arse there sir i just got to say i love british slang for the for the backside you know arse a-r-s-c and bum i, I don't know it's just it's those british they're, they're just so polite you know when they say stuff um so Rick Grimes, you know, thankfully no zombies chasing him. Uh, Andrew Lincoln, uh, he's trying to avoid Kira Knightley. Now Kira Knightley, apparently the the wedding video was was garbage. So she's like, oh, I saw you filming some stuff, so I'm gonna come over and take a look. And she and then he's just like, oh, like he's just like, I don't know what I do with it. I think I gave it to my mother, but I'll try and find it. And she just stops over because, like, of course she wants to, like, because it's also, like, part of it is she wants to, like, you know, mend mend the relationship that she thinks is broken. Yep. So she comes over and then and then they're and then he's just like, I don't I don't think I have it. I must have taped over it. And then she goes, is it this Mordo and Kira Knightley's wedding? And he's just like, it might be. And then they put it in, and it's and it's and it's beautifully shot. But then the more and more she watches, she realizes it's all shots of her. There's no Mordo in it at all. There's not even any other guests. It's just shots of her, and she realizes what's going on. Yeah, and Andrew Lincoln basically is just he runs like, out of his own house. He runs out of his own. He's like, yeah, uh, uh, you you can show yourself out, and he just basically has a meltdown out there but uh we'll we'll get to the resolution there colin firth poor colin, oh, no, firth. colin firth colin firth had, heads to the south of france wants to get away wants to write his book uh and he is given a uh portuguese maid a portuguese maid a portuguese housekeeper so of course she doesn't speak english she speaks no portuguese um and you're just like, uh, okay, uh, what's going to happen with Colin Firth here? But it's, I, I like the way this this relationship between them developed. What'd you think of that? It's good because it gets one of those like classic like they don't need words to fall in love. But then it's not like cheesy or like it, it's a little unrealistic because it is love actually. But then like it, it's it's believable in the context of the movie. So then, like you're watching it and then like. It's like it's like it's like he always takes time away from writing his book to just like talk to her even though she it's like they have conversations with each other even though they don't understand each other and when you read her subtitles you could see they're actually talking about the same thing. Yeah, and and it really kind of I don't want to say it comes to a head but um it's like she he always drives her home at the yeah, end of the day and yes. then like there's one part like where 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 she where he says like the happiest time of the day is when I get to drive you home and then she says like when you drive me home it's the saddest part because that means I have to leave you yeah and that's and the great like you know like Diana said the great thing is is neither one knows that they're saying it to each other so you know he eventually he packs up he heads back to England and we'll move on to another story yeah. for now so um, Laura Linney. She finally gets up the nerve, you know, everybody at, knows. At the Christmas party. At yeah. the Christmas party. Everybody knows. Alan Rickman knows. Alan Rickman was just like, please, for the sake of everybody in the office, just do it. Yes, turn off your cell phone. <laughs> yeah. 
Robin of Locks. I mean, Laura Linney. <laughs> um, you know, e- Emma Thompson. Like, she knows. Like, everybody knows she loves Carl. She finally, finally, they get together. They go back to her place. And the phone rings. And she explains to Carl that this is her brother. Her Their parents uh, are have died. Uh they all they have are each other and that he's basically in a psych ward he he has issues he has to be committed to a psych ward and you know she has to take these phone calls and carl's kind of understanding but then the phone rings again and he says to her he's like you gotta it's kind of like you gotta choose yeah he's like he's like well if you answer it is it really going to help things and she said no but he needs he needs to hear me he needs to know that like everything's going to be okay because he's alone there it's like he doesn't. It's like he doesn't talk to anybody else in the in like where he is, and it's just like he all he has is her, pretty much. And Carl like says like you know, hey, sometimes you gotta. He's basically trying to tell her is like you know, sometimes you gotta kind of put that aside and have a life. But she realizes that if he, he is he is her life. Yeah, and like and like it's also like if he if if Carl can accept that part of her life then how good is Carl going to be for her? Exactly. And then uh, she pretty much, you know, Carl leaves. And she goes down there. She talks to, and we meet the brother. And uh, he he does, you know, he has some delusions, things. He does attack her, but it's okay. And again, you know, we'll get to the resolutions at the end. Oh, wow. So many stories. So many stories. Uh, I mean, we see Martin. I mean, Martin Freeman's story pretty Martin much. Martin Freeman is consistent throughout. They're there just shooting the porn. Yeah. Uh, stand-ins is a porn. They're stand-ins, yeah, they're stand-ins for, for the porn. Yeah. <laughs> but, the way, but, the, but the way, basically, the, the things they're doing and their state of dress, they're practically shooting a porn. Uh, Colin Frissel. Colin Frissel heads to the U.S. He lands in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, tells and- the cab driver, Take, Take me, me to, to a bar. bar, and then the, and then there's there's this one woman, and there's January Jones from uh, Mad Men. From Mad Men, uh, she's also Emma she's Frost. Bird. She's Birdie. Birdie, Birdie's there. Uh, Alicia Dusku, the girl next door, she shows up. It's like it's like each girl is more gorgeous than the next, and they're just just like Colin predicted. They are in love. I mean, and they're asking him like, "How do you say this?" And he's like, "A uh, cup." And they're like, oh, how do you say this? A straw. Straw. And they're like repeating it, straw. And they're basically, they give them this, like, you know, well, you could stay with us. But, but we can only afford one bed. And so we'll have to sleep next to each other. And, oh, it's, it's, the, the heater is, it doesn't turn off. We can't control it. So, of course, we're all going to be naked under there. And he's just like, oh, yes. And you're kind of waiting for, like, okay, like, like what's. Once, like, like, I thought, like, an ugly girl is going to show, like, because they keep talking, like, oh, there's a, there, there's a other friend, like, Dominique or whatever. And yeah, whatever. Like, and she's going to join us later. And then I'm just like, oh, Dominique is going to be super ugly. But then, no, you, you see who, like, this Dominique is later on in the movie and it's very fitting for who his friend is <laughs> exactly and again we'll get to that at the end um so liam neeson yeah. and his little boy sam he sits down with him he talks with him he's like you know come on tell me what's going on how could i help you and it seems that he's actually dealing with the death of his mom okay but he's got a he's got another situation going on he's in love of course it's love actually He's in love with with the most popular girl in school. 
And she's American. Yeah. <laughs> I like when she goes, when he's just like, oh, when he's just like, oh, most popular girl at school, okay. And he goes, but she's going back to America on Christmas Eve. <laughs> and then he's just like, she's American. <laughs> he's like, whoa. I used to work for the Americans. <laughs> it's kind of weird seeing like Liam Neeson not in an action role, you know? Yeah. Even though this is how he started off. Like, he was Jean Valjean, he was Schindler, like, he was in, like, dramas, but then, like, now it's just, you're so used to seeing him in Taken or in all his other action movies, it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, other movies that are basically Taken, they just have different names. It's almost Taken like, you on know. Taken Train, that was the most recent one. Yeah. Yeah. You're in love with this girl, so I'll, if any guy goes to her, I'm gonna punch him in the face. Like, that's what you're waiting for, so... They come up with with an idea that, uh, you know, Sam... She's singing. She's singing at the winter pageant. And he's like, chicks dig musicians. And, you know, to which Liam Neeson is like, you know, hey, Meatloaf got girls, so yeah. So Sam is going to learn to play the drums, join the band, and, and that's his big plan. So now, the thing is, is at this point, you guys are probably saying, hey, you said Rowan Atkinson was in this film, Mr. Bean... When does he make an appearance? Oh my God, does he make an appearance? <laughs> you got to tell him. <laughs> so, uh, Alan Rickman, like his his secretary, is still flirting with him even more. And then, like, I don't know what it is if he's just like humoring her, and he doesn't realize that he's doing something that isn't good. But then, like, either way, she's just like, "Get me something special for Christmas." And then he walks up to like a jewelry place, and he sees a necklace, and he's like, "Eh, why not?" And then, like, he goes, and he's just like, I'll take that one, please. And then and then the clerk is Rowan Atkinson. He's like, yes, sir. So would you like that wrapped? And he's like, yes. And then he puts it in a little bow, and then Alan Rickman goes to take it. He's like, not yet, sir. And then he gets a bag, and then he, like, puts it in the bag and, like, fluffs up the little, like, paper packaging. And then Alan Rickman goes to reach out. He's like, not yet, sir. And then he goes, and he, he scoops up these candies, and then he pours them in. And then, like, he goes for another scoop, and then he slowly adds, like, two more. And then Alan Rickman's like, when is this going to be done? My wife is coming. And he goes, oh, yes, your wife. And then he goes, almost done, sir. And then he puts cinnamon in there. And then Alan Rickman's like, is it done yet? He's like, sir, 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 please, please. And he goes, like, I thought you were rapping. He's like, sir, I am rapping it. <laughs> and, then, and then it's just, like... It keeps going, but then, like, Mr. Um, uh, uh, Rowan Atkinson takes so long that Emma Thompson shows up and sees that he's getting this gift. So she's just like, oh, he's getting a nice gift for me, huh? Yeah, so it's pretty much everything really starts wrapping up on Christmas Eve. So let's start with them. So Christmas Eve comes. Now, Emma Thompson saw what was in the package. It was a necklace. It was a necklace. And... You know, so she's like, "Ooh, it's for me!" And then she sees a a a jewelry box shaped box wrapped underneath the tree. So, I guess their tradition is they open uh, it on Christmas Eve. Yeah. They well, I think they pick like one present. One, yeah, yeah, and she picks that. And earlier in the movie, uh, when we see the two of them talking. They're, she's listening to music, and he's like, "Er, what are you listening to?" And she's like, "Oh, this is Joni Mitchell. You know, she she really got me in touch with my emotional self." So he got her, which if he wasn't giving a gift to another woman, it would have been a very sweet gift. It it would have been. He got her a Joni Mitchell CD, but of course she's expecting the, the necklace. necklace. And just very, very Emma Thompson, very British. She she politely excuses herself and she goes cries in her room. She cries in her room and she cries her eyes out. Then she gets it together because we got to get to the Christmas pageant where her kids are the lo- the, the Christmas lobsters <laughs> who are at the nativity. 
There was a lobster at the birth of Jesus. Uh, yes, mum. <laughs> and apparently an octopus and a and a and a whale. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> and, love, and Spider Man. Yeah, that's right, the Christmas Spider Man. Oh boy. Uh, the Christmas octopus is the best though. The Christmas octopus is the best because it comes into play very, very soon. Um so on Christmas Eve, uh, we see Mordo and Kira Knightley uh, watching a little TV, and there's a uh, ring of the door. Ring of the door, and it's Andrew Lincoln, and he plays a little tape. He says, "You know, tell, tell Mordo it's carolers, it's yeah. carolers," and he does with the. I mean, this is like one of the most famous scenes from Love Action. I didn't even know it was from Love Action, but I, I knew the scene. It's when he. It's when he has the. He has like the, the um, uh, like his cue cards, and then yeah, like cue he cards. says, and he says like, oh. Like, hopefully by this time next year, I'll be dating any one of these women. And it's, like, a bunch of, like, supermodels. And he goes, like, but now I just need to tell you that I love you. And even though I know, like, you'll never feel the same way about me, I just needed to say it. Yeah, he basically says, he's like, I have no agenda, no nothing here. Just just know that I love you now and always. And I thought that was a very sweet one. It yeah, because it sweet. wasn't like, because, like, it wasn't like he's just like, I admit my love for you. And she's like, yes, I've secretly loved you, too. It's just like, it's very, it's very, it's very real. And I feel that, but not as real as Alan Rickman's ending, which we will get. To. We will, we will get to that one. But I feel that, like going forward, that they're going to be friends. Yeah, it's like it's like everything's everything's on the table. They can, they know, they know what's going on. They can, they can move on. Yeah, because I think he realizes, like, look, I had my chance. I didn't, I didn't step up. Mordo stepped up. He told her he loved her. I couldn't even say anything. But you know what? She's happy, my best friend's happy, and I'm going to be happy. Um, and then she gives him a little hug and a kiss on the cheek, and he and off he, he goes. Off he goes. He says, enough now. So he, he basically he said his piece, and uh, he's, he's good to go. Uh, we see that uh, while they're filming, uh, or stand-ins for a film, Martin Freeman, very, he's very awkward about it. But he, he asks this girl out. Just, you know, let's let's get a drink, you know, and uh, they get a drink. He walks her back to her house and she kisses him and she says, you know, all I want for Christmas is you. Like you like you realize like they they they, they started off as good friends and, and they, 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 they came together. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, and man, I have to I have to go. Uh, I have to go on a quest with these dwarves. And uh, no, nah, I mean, it was it was better to cover is here. He's, he's, he's got to tell you we got to do some stuff. Kind of I'm gonna be in the new Grinch movie. You gotta... <laughs> kind of surprised Benedict Cumberbatch Batch wasn't in this one, but uh, whatever. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. You want to do Bill Nye? Because Bill is Nye, really easy. yeah, Bill Nye. This and this was one of my favorite stories. So Bill Nye, the whole the whole movie, he's, he's promoting his his single, his single. But he's doing it. He's being real. He's just you know. He's basically telling people it's this a is gar- a cash in. This is a garbage cash in. <laughs> yeah, it's a cash grab. It's a garbage song. He's like, but wouldn't it be great if this was the number one song? And it is. It's the number one song. Excuse me, for Christmas. Well, and then throughout throughout he's promoting it, he's always, like, making fun of his, like, uh, his agent, right? It was, like, his agent? Yeah, like, his manager, his agent, yeah, who, then, who is fat. Yeah, this him. guy is fat. Like, if, if he was, if he was <laughs> Natalie, okay. <laughs> he's not Natalie fat. He's fat. Um, and that's the thing is his manager just kind of laughs it off and sticks with him. So he he's the number one Christmas, and Elton John calls him and comes to this big party, and he's like, yes, I will go to your Oh, big- no, but no, one, one more detail. Oh, Because this ahead. comes back in Ferb's story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is that detail? His final detail, 
like his final promise, like the final push to get this to number one, is he's saying like if this wins on Christmas Eve, I will perform a concert on live TV naked. He does say that, and it does come into play. But he he basically he goes off to this wild party at Elton John's house. And then we cut to the manager, and he's sitting there, he's watching TV, and there's a knock on his door, and it's Bill Nye. And he's like, hey, Bill Nye, why are you back? <laughs> yeah, and then he was saying, he was saying, he's just like, he was looking for all this love and fulfillment from, like, other people and from being famous, but then he says he didn't re... It's like, it's, it's, it's one of those, like, I never realized that my true love was right in front of me, but then it's just like, it's, it's like, it's like a friendship, and he's saying, like, you're my best friend, you've been with me. Like when, like when my songs got bad, when I was addicted to heroin, you were always there for me. And then he's like, he's like, I know I would like joke around and like call you fat, but he's like, I really, I really do love you. And then they spend Christmas together. Yeah, he basically says you're the love of my life. And I, I mean, I thought that was a really, really nice story. Uh, all right, so we got this Christmas pageant going on. So all these stories tie together. So we see, uh, we see uh, Prime Minister Hugh Grant. Well, no, because the oh. Prime Minister, he gets. We need to back it up because this the, the part leading up to him at the Christmas pageant is well it all happens on the same night yeah he, no he, but then all right so go ahead so go then ahead. he so then like it's like he's he he's really late it's already like nine o'clock on Christmas Eve and he has to choose the national Christmas card which I'm like you should you, you didn't choose this three weeks in advance but he's choosing like the national Christmas card for like the prime minister and then he sees this other card and it doesn't fit in with the rest and then it's from Natalie and it's just saying how much like she likes him and like how she enjoyed their time together. And then he calls like his like secret service agent. And he's like, "Get a car." And then he's like, "Where are we going?" He's like, "He's like to the dodgy part of London." And then, and then like you see the street. It's like miles long. And then they're like, "Which number, sir?" And he's like, "I don't know." So he goes knocking on all these doors. And then like this old lady's like, "Are you the prime minister?" And he's like, "Yes, it's a uh, part of the service now." And then. He goes to these kids, and these kids don't recognize who they are, and they're like, are you a caroler? And he's like, yeah. He's like, oh, yes, uh, but I have to go to the next house. He's like, can't you sing for us? So then he starts singing, and he tells his Secret Service agent to start singing, and his Secret Service agent's like an opera singer, and he's just like, what? <laughs> and, he, and he's going down, he's going down. Is Natalie here? Is Natalie here? Then he, he knocks on the door of the uh, Alan, Alan Rickman's, Rickman's secretary. secretary, and she's like, no, she lives next door, so... He knocks on the door, and uh, Natalie lives with her parents. Uh, the whole family's there. They're getting ready to go to this big Christmas pageant. And it's great because Natalie being Natalie, she comes down the stairs, doesn't see him there, and she's like, where's my effing coat already? You know, she's just... So he basically he's says, like, I need Natalie for national security business. and But then they're like, oh, but the parents are like, oh, but we were going to the Christmas. Like, it's like, I think they kind of see what's going on. Like, they know it's not for national business, but they're like, oh, we were going to the Christmas pageant. Can't it be after? So he's just like, we can talk about it at the Christmas pageant. Right. So he, he drives them, and that's where the octopus comes into play because they're having a conversation and there's and a kid dressed as an octopus. sitting in between them, and they're both like, I loved you, but I was never able to tell you. And this kid just dressed as an octopus is there. <laughs> and he, he's just sitting there, and he's like, we're here. And he's like, oh, that was around the corner. So Natalie's like, you know, he's like, look, I kind of said what I had to say, but, you know, I really shouldn't be here. It's all about the kids. And she's like, no, I went to school here. I'll sneak you in. So she sneaks him in. They run into Emma Thompson, Emma Thomas. 
Emma Thompson, sorry. Yeah, and she's just like, oh, you came to your niece and nephew's Christmas pageant. And he's just like, yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> and then uh, he's introducing, he's like, oh, this is my caterer. And Emma Thompson, who is his sister, says, she's like, oh, yeah, a few years ago, uh, he'd have his hands all over you. You're definitely his type. And, you know, she's like, oh, don't try anything funny, sir, just because it's Christmas. Uh, so they sneak off to watch the show. Uh, and now this is the show where Sam is in the band as... Uh, the drummer. He's the drummer as the love of his life. And I don't remember this girl's name. Uh, but she's very adorable. And she sings, uh, All I Want for Christmas is You. Uh, and then, like, he's, like, he's really he's like really good at the drums. He's really, like, slamming on him. And then at the end where it's, like, she, she, she turns around and she points to Sam. She's like, All I Want for Christmas is you. And he's like, Oh, my God. She pointed at me, and she goes, and you, and you, and you, and you. And he's just like, oh, I'm not special. But yeah. then but then after that, Liam Neeson goes into the back, and he's like, you are great, Sam. And then, that's more Sean Connery. But then he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, you are great, Sam. And then he was just like, and then... And then he's like, yeah, but she didn't know my name. It's like, and she, she doesn't even know that, like, I love her. And then he's like, he's just like, wait, what time did you say they were leaving? And he's like, at this time. And then they race off to the airport. But not before. And now the thing is, is throughout the, throughout the whole movie, Liam Neeson had this little side joke that uh, he would always tell his wife because his, his wife died of cancer. So it, it was expected. They knew it was coming. So he would always kind of make jokes that, you know, he was going to start dating Claudia Schiffer. Well, he bumps into, not playing herself, but he bumps into Claudia Schiffer. So it's sort of like he was so wrapped up. And, I, and this is why I really like this story, too. He was so caught up in helping out Sam, he indirectly found love himself. But they, they jump into their car and they, you know, this is pre-taken and they're raced to the airport. And, uh, yeah, this, this is when, this is when uh, Bill Nye's singing comes into play here. So then um, they're there. It's weird because it's like... You need to show your ticket before. Well, well, I guess it's like that in America too. But it's like, it's like it's there, there, like there. Like it's like, oh no, only ticket holders beyond this point. And then he's like, sorry, Max. And then he goes, you know what? Not not Max. Sam. Sam. <laughs> he's okay. like, sorry, Sam. He's just like, and he's like, but you know what, Sam? I'll, he's like, he's like, I'll turn around and you just make a run for it. And then as before he's about to make the run for it, who returns but Rowan Atkinson? And he's just like, he's like. Yes, I have my ticket. Let, let, let me get my ticket. And he's like digging around. He's like violently digging around in his bag. And all the security guards are like, whoa. It's like, it's like Drake from Drake and Josh. Like, whoa, take it easy, dude. They're all like that. So they're distracted. So then Sam jumps over like the security checkpoint. And then he's like running through the mall being chased by security guards. And he gets to the gate. But then like before, like to the part of the gate where you have to show your ticket. And then they're all like all the all the workers are like looking around really astute. But then all of a sudden, Bill Nye comes on TV, he takes all his clothes off, and he starts singing, and they're like, that's a naked Bill Nye, and he's able to run past them, and then he tells the girl that he's like, well, first he shows up to the girl, and he goes, I know you don't know who I am, and he's like, she's like, yeah, I do, you're Sam, and he's just like, what, and then he says that he loves her, and then... And then, of course, the security guards take him away. But then she followed, and she gives him a nice little kiss on the cheek. Yeah. I mean, it was a great – it was it was really, really – That I mean, that was really a good one. Uh, I think the big one that we have to wrap up here, because everybody's probably wondering, what about Colin Firth? What, yeah. what happened with him? Well, he gets all his gifts together. He heads over to his family's house. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to spend Christmas with my family, uh, even his – 
brother. brother. His brother was there hiding in the back. He gets in there and he's just like, oh, hi, everybody. I have to go now. Uh, to which, this is one of my favorite parts because the little kids there, they're like, oh, it's Uncle Jamie. I love Uncle Jamie. And he's like, yeah, I've got to go now. And they're like, oh, hey, Uncle Jamie. <laughs> yeah. Okay, kids, he just left the gifts. You don't even have to hang out with them or anything. He left the gifts for you. So where does Jamie go? He goes to the airport and he flies back to the south of France. And then he goes and then like... Oh. We forgot something. We what? see leading up to this, we see him going to a language lab. That's right, and he's learning Portuguese. He's learning Portuguese. And then like of course he's 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 like you see him like for comedic effect, he's learning the like Yes, my dog is on a walk. I drive a Toyota Corolla or like whatever. Yeah, like really like But then like that's so, gonna come in handy. Yeah, so <laughs> then like he, he so after that he, he goes armed with his Armed with his basic knowledge of Portuguese, he flies back to the south of France, and then he goes to where, because he would drive her home every day, he goes to her house, and he knocks on the door, and he tells, he tells, he tells the father, he's like, I would like to ask your daughter to marry me, and he goes, what? <laughs> this one? And then it's like this, and this girl, it's, it's, like, it's like a big girl, and he's like, this one? He was like, yeah, this English man is here to marry you. And she's just like, I have bigger standards than that. You won't marry me. And he goes, no, no, the, the other one, the other one. And he goes, eh, she's at work. So they take the whole, like, they're marching down, like, the streets of this village. And they're just like, and then, the, and then like, everyone's like, where are you going? He's like, this English man is coming to marry, I forgot her name. Uh, Aurelia. Aurelia. And no, but I, I think, like, one of them, like, says, like, he's here to kidnap her. And they're like, ooh. <laughs> and then they all, like, follow down to the restaurant where she's working. Yep, and uh, she and it's great. He's standing at the bottom of the stairs. She comes to the top, and he, in very broken Portuguese, basically tells her, you know, that he he loved her, and he it's Christmas, and he had to let her know, and he asks her to marry him. And what does she say? She she said like, it, it's she, she I, I forgot the exact word she says, but then she says like she says in English that she. Oh no, she said she said I learned English just in cases for this moment. Yeah, she we find out that Aurelia learned English and Jamie learned Portuguese and they're together. So Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson. Yeah, before and then don't worry, we'll have we'll have a happy ending story. Because it, there there is a wrap up at the end after Christmas, a post Christmas wrap up, but this is this is the last Christmas Eve story. Is that Emma Thompson goes to Alan Rickman and she says like she says like what you did was like horrible she said like she said she kind of said like I saw you getting that gift and then you still gave it to that woman she's like what's going on with this woman are you two sleeping together was it just a stupid gift that you weren't thinking she's just like either way like I don't know how I could like be around you so then like she sends him away for like a few months yeah and then that's where we get the big we get well actually before the well, time skip because i'm forgetting when he comes home from america colin no he comes home at the at, at during the time skip during the time skip so we we, we skip ahead Okay, we're back. We had a little bit of technical difficulties there. So we were basically talking about Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson. Uh, she confronts him about the gift, 
feels very foolish about it and basically sends him away. So now everything wraps up at the end. So like it's like three months later, right? I don't know. For like a month and a half. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. They're in the airport and uh, everybody's coming and going. Uh, like Mordo's. Well, no. Martin what? Freeman. Martin like, Freeman. Yeah. And his girlfriend, they're going on their honeymoon. That's right. Yeah. They're going on their honeymoon. But why Why was Mordo and Kira Knightley there? Uh, well, no. They were there. Well, the one that they talked to actually was the producer of the film who was friends with Colin because as uh, soon as yeah. they leave – Colin comes back and he introduces uh, his buddy there to the, one of the girls that he met, and he said she brought a friend for you. And if you've seen Undercover Brother, the friend, the 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 girl for his friend who is black is the black man's kryptonite, Denise Richards herself. And it's just, oh my God! It's it, like Undercover Brother. It's just Undercover Brother sneaks into every facet of life. I guess so. So they get together. Um, we see Sam's girlfriend comes back from America. Cause, to visit him. Or she has to go to school, maybe. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 it's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's got to come back for school. I saw it, like, because I thought she was moving back to America. I, I, I didn't realize they lived in England, and she was vacationing in America. I thought... She was returning to live in America forever, and she visits him. But now it makes much more sense because if I was a parent and my nine-year-old kid said, I'm in love with a boy in England, I'd be like, you're not going there. Yeah, so she comes back, and they meet, and we see that Liam Neeson is there with uh, the woman he bumped into, Claudia Schiffer. You know, they're there, so it looks like they're dating. So they have a nice little happy ending. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kira Knightley and Mordo are there with Andrew Lincoln to see their good friend. Oh, he's he's going off, right? Oh, he's no. coming. He's coming back from uh, I guess their honeymoon. Yeah. Uh, we see Jamie and Aurelia. They come back from their honeymoon, and uh, Aurelia is very funny because she's like, "Oh, Jamie has such handsome friends. He never tell me. Maybe yeah, I, I met- choose wrong English man." <laughs> to which Colin Firth is like, she doesn't speak any English. She doesn't know what she's saying. Yeah. Um, we see Bill Nye come back, and uh, he's greeted by his manager there. And even though he's with a woman, you know, they shake hands. You, you could tell that their their friendship is is a, stronger than any woman. Well, it's stronger than ever. <laughs> uh, and then we see the prime minister who was away doing prime minister stuff. He and he arrives back. at a civilian airport. <laughs> well, I mean. T- I don't know. I don't know how yeah, it goes. I, I don't know how it goes over there. And then, and then, and then, his assistant breaks through all these lines of security, and then like jumps on him and gives him a big hug and a kiss. Well, because you know what we forgot to say. What did we forget to say? Well, at the oh, at the Christmas pageant, yeah. At the Christmas pageant, uh, as all these things are unfolding, we see Hugh Grant and Natalie in the back, and, and then they're almost going to get caught while they're watching from the wings. She's like, "Oh, we should hide somewhere else." So they go hide somewhere else, and they start uh, they start kissing, and they're kissing, 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 and then all of a sudden the curtain drops, and there's the prime minister kissing a girl, <laughs> and. So now the world knows that they're dating. So, yes, when she breaks through the crowd and, and pretty much jumps into his arms, people are just like, oh, that's his girlfriend. Yeah. No big deal. He's a national hero. So yeah, He is a national hero. Yeah. He, he, he threatened President Billy Bob Thornton. So, Diana, let me ask you. Um, which Well, we already kind of discussed which story was your favorite and, and, and everything. Um, so... In terms of Christmas movies, where does this one rank for you? 
Uh, number two. With number one being Fred Claus, of course, Fred. and the old and the old number two was Tim Allen's The Santa Claus Two. The Santa Claus Two, really better yeah. than the original. Yes, because of fascist Santa. Because of fascist Santa, he does. He dresses up like Mussolini. No, I know. I've seen the film. Uh, you know what? Let's just spend a few minutes on that. Uh, I just have to say, with Fred Claus. The casting of Paul Giamatti as, as Santa, Santa Claus, like it's like it's like I was because like I I will be doing an episode on because like me and my co-host Kate were choosing our two favorite Christmas movies, and in my mind, we're just gonna talk about it and be like talking about our love for the season. But Kate is like, no, it's a competition. So if if if, if you're in the spirit of us of the season and like a true gold-hearted person. You'll see it as a celebration of Christmas movies. So on our celebration of Christmas movies, we will be talking about Fred Claus over on Elseworlds Finest. And then and then I said, like, oh, it's like Kevin Spacey is in it. And some of the lines that Paul Giamatti says about Kevin Spacey, now they they're very hard to watch. And then she was just like, she's just like, but and then she was, she's just like, I'll get over it. And she said, Who's Santa Claus again? Like Paul Giamatti? And she's like, Oh yeah. I mean, you can't go. Paul Giamatti played Santa Claus, he played the station manager who tried to get Howard Stern fired and private parts, and he played John Adams. So Yeah, that's 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 a full career right there. That's the trifecta right there. Uh but Paul Giamatti as Santa Claus, when he's facing off with his brother Fred, it's just great. They're having a snowball fight and to hear Paul Giamatti go, You throw like a girl, <laughs> like a leather jacket wearing girl. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Paul Giamatti, that's best. That that and the scene where he tries to trick Fred to come to dinner. Oh yeah. And Fred is like, you know, he's like, story of my life. Don't he's like, story of my life, don't go to don't go to dinner with my parents. Paul Giamatti goes, in stores now, Fred's life part two. Bing bong, who's at the door? Hey, it's Fred for dinner. Like <laughs> Paul Giamatti. I just like when he's when he's having him do the naughty nice and he goes, if you see they're naughty, BAM! You stamp them naughty. And if you see they're nice, BAM! You stamp them nice. So I stamp them nice, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> that and the uh, brother support group. Where there's where there's um, Sylvester Stallone brothers. Frank Stallone. Um, one of the Baldwins, the worst of the Baldwins. Stephen Baldwin, the best of the Baldwins. <laughs> and Bill Clinton's brother. Roger Clinton. Just just that scene where, you know, Fred is like, basically, he's just like... My uh, brother's Santa Claus. And he just wants to talk. He's hogging it. And Stephen Baldwin doesn't like that and gets up in his face. And the moderator has to go, Stephen, Stephen, Stephen. Is that Alec? That's not Alec. <laughs> Say it. That's not Alec. Alec's not going to hear you. That's not Alec. You got to stamp it out. That's not Alec. That's not Alec. <laughs> just, 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 just. And the moderator says, maybe to Fred... And no, no, he says, he says like he says like maybe in a way, all of our brothers are Santa Claus. He's like, no, no, my my brother is Santa Claus. Yeah, they're all going around like, yeah, I think my brother's Santa Claus. He's like, yeah, but my brother really is Santa Claus. Yeah, one of the few uh, good Vince Vaughn movies out there, and of course. Paul Giamatti, as always, is legendary. But, uh, Diana, one more time, just give a plug for your podcast so people know where it is and what it is and um, go for it. It is everywhere you can find this podcast, and it is else, Elseworlds Finest, and Elseworlds is one word. It's not Else Space Worlds. It's Elseworlds, all one word. 
And speaking of where you can find this podcast, you can find us on Anchor, iTunes, Pocket Cast, Overcast, uh, Spotify, Breaker, really anywhere there's a podcast out there, uh, you'll find this one. Don't worry, uh, I did watch the latest episode of Titans. Mm. I'm still digesting it. I'm not looking forward to watching that one. Uh, Counselor Troy's in it, so that doesn't really help it out any. Um, hey, a 10-year-old kid says the F word. Really? Mm. Okay. But then again, it's it's Titans on DC. Who doesn't say the F word? They, yeah. they pretty much all Superman say it. would say the F word. I think if DC Streaming Service came up with a Superman show, he would be dropping the F-bomb. He'd be like that scene in Super... Was it Superman 2 or Superman 3 where he's, like, drinking and he has that 5 o'clock shadow? At Superman 3 where they... Richard Pryor gives him the fake kryptonite. Oh, yeah. So then, like, yeah, DC, like, the like the guys... The, not like... Because I think Doom Patrol's gonna be good. Swamp Thing's looking uh, good. I really hope so. Um, no, because I don't think it's the same writers. I, I really hope I really hope not. Well, I know, all I know is uh, the new season of Young Justice looks phenomenal. Oh, that's I'm waiting for that. You gotta don't don't crash the mode. Oh, it's looking really really good. But uh, yeah, I'll be putting up an episode uh, in the upcoming days uh, about Titans episode nine, Hank, Hank and, and Dawn. Dawn. You're probably wondering who the heck Hank and Dawn are. I'll explain it all. I did make a promise. I'm going to make it all the way to the end. I am almost there. Two episodes left. And then afterwards, my buddy John from Nerd and Me is going to come on and... Uh, do a season recap. We're going to do a season recap. And to quote John, it ain't going to be pretty. And uh, if you've been following my, my take on Titans, you, you know exactly what happens. It, uh, whatever. Anyway, I'd like to thank Diana once again for joining me as we talked a uh, yeah. Christmas movie, Love Actually. Thank you once again. This is Jay, and I'll talk to you guys later.